0: This is Two Things Podcast. We are joined by Arim Kord, entrepreneur, influencer, inspirational figure. Arim, how are you doing?
1: Hello, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I've heard, truly, i said to you guys before, but so many good things about your podcast. I'm so excited. Who,
2: who would say good things about us? We don't say good things about us. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it is doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Erim, did you hear that?
0: You said, the, you said that people have been saying good things about us. The idea that someone's been playing me a compliment, my brother, all he does is look at me with disdain, and I've got to suffer that every time. And so oh, no. you've lifted my spirits today. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking about spirits, Erin, tell me a little bit, for those that, those that are living under a rock, who have not heard about the phenomenon that is um, the, the, the personality Erin called, in a few sentences, just sum up how you see yourself.
1: <laughs> um, I'm sure that's the majority of people in the world but um, I am a fashion and hair influencer I have around 190 on Instagram and right now I have actually just launched my hair care company um, around eight months ago called Bayarim.
0: Fantastic so talk to me about I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll probably know the, the, the clues in the title of the podcast two things we're practicing sec. Uh, which means obviously we consider this body this gift been given to us by the creation we don't cut our hair our, our hair remains uncut that being said um, i think i'm speaking to someone that has more passion about kiss, about hair um than me tell me something that i don't know about hair, Erin.
1: <laughs> so um you need two things for your hair you need moisture and then you need protein and i know me saying protein can sound a bit misleading conjures up images of whey protein and protein shakes but that's not what I mean you need keratin because that's what your hair is made up of and the other side of it is moisture so a lot of people tend to think moisture and they think of like greasy oily um oils that maybe your grandparents used to put in your hair when you were younger and that's not what biome is about I really prided myself on having long hair just like my mom who's no longer with us had and my grandma would always sit with me in the kitchen. We come up with all these weird and wacky concoctions. And then we finally landed on what is now in the and bottle, which is a non-greasy, non-sticky, non-smelly, effective oil for increasing her health.
2: You mentioned briefly your mother, Aaron, And I know you've spoken quite openly about how that was a real inspiration for you. Um, would you be happy to share that for people as an inspiration?
1: Yeah, I can tell you guys a story. So... um My mom was truly so beautiful, and she had really long hair, like mine, jet black, and um, when she passed when I was eight years old, I was very young, I was eight, and I did not know how to look after my hair, I did not know anything girly, I was living with my dad and my brother, who I still am now, And it was very much a case where it was like survival. We didn't know what to do with my hair, so let's cut it off into a bob. No one knew. Mm -hmm. As I started to grow older and I started to kind of become a bit more, I I don't know, maybe the word is woke, but a bit more woke to the feminine side of things and self-care and presentation, I started to realize that my ideals of beauty were very much in line with the way that my mum looked in terms of having long hair. So that's when I would go to my daddy's house every weekend, my daddy, Baba's house, and we would talk about, you know, Growing my hair. <laughs> I,
2: I think you, your story of, of of losing your mother is a real sort of uh, well, it's inspiration to show where you can be and where you can get to. And is that is that sort of part of what you try to achieve to give other other girls that sort of inspiration and hope?
1: I think it's it's part of my identity, so it's not something that I necessarily crafted mm-hmm. um, into a brand or into a message, but I really. Project I think that type of energy of like always wanting like a sisterhood and girls because i didn't grow up with that, so over time, because I found that that message resonated with a lot of girls, you know, I thought I was very much alone in that. I think that I started to hear back from it like an echo chain, but that this was my message, and it started to kind of create different iterations and i 've landed on what I do now, which is doing it for the girls who don 't have a mum or a sister, and that 's not necessarily girls who whose mum passed away and they didn't have any sisters, but it could be girls who, you know, mum is from a different background, you know, maybe she moved to England or to Canada or wherever from India and maybe they can't identify with that. Maybe their sisters are significantly older. Maybe they live away. So there's different version of this story that people hopefully or not hopefully, I guess, can identify with.
0: I think that's really interesting. In essence, if I could take it one step further, um, I, uh, I, I watched one of your videos um. Uh, and you spoke about um, growing up without a mother, and and whilst I think others are looking at it from the perspective of you're being you're providing inspiration to youngsters who have not had that connection, um, young young daughters or sisters, as you put it. I think anybody that's had that feeling of loneliness can draw inspiration from anybody else that's been in a similar situation and gone on to achieve great things. Thank you. And I think it's a, I think it's important. I think a lot of people just think that, oh, I'm in this deep, dark hole. It can't be it can't be it can't be surmountable. But I think it, I think with the darkness comes the opportunity to produce a light. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think I, I wouldn't necessarily feel loneliness because I was always surrounded by people. And my dad is the best dad and the best mum in the entire world. And I had him and I have him well, I as my rock. Um, so I, I think more so maybe the story of like loss. Um, I think a lot of people can identify with, more so than loneliness.
2: It's interesting. Um, I was reading one of my favourite authors, uh, Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him.
1: I've heard of him. I haven't read his work.
2: Oh, I, I highly recommend Napoleon Hill for, all, for everybody and especially entrepreneurs. Um, he says that when a human being goes through an adversity, um, much like losing your mother, in that adversity is sown a seed for a similar size success. Love that. What do you think about that?
1: Very much true, like where there's, where there's um, a space for something, you can either fill it with darkness or you can fill it with like an opportunity or, or growth or light.
2: Yeah, and, and he talks at length, does Napoleon Hill, about people have, who have gone through adversity and use that adversity to sow that seed for a success, and um, one of um tony Tony Robbins, another famous uh international motivator, talks about how during his childhood, his mother used to pour be- bleach in his mouth. she was abusive, yeah, she was abusive, literally pour, poured bleach in his mouth and he and he talks of that as somehow sowing a seed for his success it's crazy. Right. That's crazy.
1: that's crazy. You hear about um, washing people's out, mouth out with soap, don't you? But not that.
2: Yeah, no, this is, I mean, it, it, you can look it up online. Tony Robbins talks about it quite openly. And it, it, it was literally child abuse. And he talks about how he, it drove him to succeed and also how it gave him the power within to forgive. That's pretty deep, man, isn't it? People are,
0: I, think, I, think, I think a lot of people look at a negative situation as only that. They don't see it as the driving force for positive. That's, that's around the corner, isn't it? And I think you're an example of that in the sense that um, you, you talk about being absent your mother because of that unfortunate loss that you went through. But do you think perhaps maybe, maybe you wouldn't be the success that you are right now without the driving forces and the things you had to learn and the rock you had to become for yourself along the way, right?
1: Yeah, totally. And I, I definitely think it wasn't necessarily a, a conscious effort of turning a sad thing into a positive thing. I think it is just when you're eight years old, you don't necessarily know um so growing up it's just about like this is the cars that you've been dealt with in life and this is how you're growing and if you've managed to make something good of it then you've done that
2: fair you, yeah, man brilliant brilliant Go- going back to your fantastic oil as a sec i'm well versed with uh mustard oil amla oil almond oil uh, that red one is that navratra the, the red one that stops headaches the red one's one of my favorites um so, so do you w- which of those if any do you include in your ingredients and and what are the ingredients for your, for your oil
1: so we we really pride ourselves on on the fact that we have amla oil in our oil and that is so difficult to source in its pure form um in the western world and this is deeply rooted in ayurvedic culture and history because it has an actual um effect of reversing hair greying which i know is a lot of i think it's um, a problem especially in the Punjabi community so we also have argan oil castor oil coconut oil almond oil and then we have three essential oils including lavender rosemary bergamot
2: that's a lot of ingredients
1: a lot of ingredients and it's it's a very very fine balance like as a business i really do pride ourselves on being as transparent as possible so we show all of our ingredients but that formula truly took decades to perfect.
2: Really? Decades?
1: Honestly, my, um, my musty, I was speaking to you guys. So I have quite a few Amnithadi people in my family. My Baba wears a bug, And my musty came from the Midlands and she was putting it in my hair for me. And she was explaining to me how growing up, she would always use this concoction or some similar one in her hair, but she would find that sometimes it would be greasy. And then she was using mine and she said that it wasn't
2: greasy. That, that's probably the biggest compliment you've had, right?
1: It really is because I <laughs> want it to be like Ramal friendly, hijab friendly, bug friendly. You know, I don't want anyone to feel that the oil is going to seep through um, the cloth.
2: Well, well, if I apply oil to my hair, I do it at night and wash it in the morning. So can we just leave this in?
1: You can. Yeah, you can leave it in on your ends. You don't even need um, a towel, by the way, when you put it in your head when you go to sleep.
0: What? I don't, no, this teaching. oil stuff, you've always used this oil. Oh, I love it,
2: yeah, love it. I, I just, I'm not really an oil man, man. I he, 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 He's what you'd call a coconut. Yeah,
0: look. But <laughs> not, not, in
2: the, not in the oil <laughs> sense, right? No. no,
0: no <laughs> not in the coconut oil sense. Look, I can't handle it, man. It just, it's, that grease on your fingers just makes me feel not right. I can just uh, I, basically occasionally you might catch me p- nick a bit my Mrs. Conditioner, but other than yeah. that, it's just straightforward vosing. Vosin since the eighties, man. That stuff's just banging.
1: You know what's really jarring as well? When you make oil at home and you have to put it in a bowl and then in the microwave, and like it's just such a messy, gross process. Which is why I chose a pump for my bottle.
2: A what? Which a pump? A pump.
1: It's so hard. Like I don't think we want to get into the business side of things, but it's so hard. The tiniest things, like the mouth of the nozzle of the pump, I had to decide on what shape I wanted it to be. So, whenever you do get your hands on it, please give it a hug because a lot of love is in that product. <laughs>
2: well, well I, I look forward to giving it a hug. And you said I, I don't want to get onto the business side of things. Uh, um,
1: I, I love talking
2: about business. Well, you guys go? well when I um I, I I left university, and I saw one of your um I saw one of your interviews. And you said pretty much the same things that I said when I left university. Mm. You said things like, I'm not built to work for somebody else. Um, right. And you said, surround yourself by entrepreneurs.
1: Very true, um, yeah.
2: And another one that I, I saw online was nothing in my degree really helped me. Um, and I sort of did the same. I sort of got a job when I left university and decided that I wasn't cut out for that and mm. went into business. So I'm really be interested to hear about your journey.
1: So I, growing up, was super academic. Like I was that like A-star kid and I really prided myself on that. And then I went to uni and I did the thing and I got a first and I came out and I was like, cool, like I'm so smart, of course I'm gonna get a job. And it was so hard. It took me eight months to get a job. And I just remember being sat there like why, why does everyone I go to interview with hate me? Like why is no one giving me the job? Like I know I can do it, I just need a chance. And then, yeah, I, I got jobs and I was contracting and it was really, really great. But I just found that I struggled with that notion of going in every day, working my hardest for someone else to earn the money and for my my pay to remain the same. Like I couldn't grasp that concept coming from a family that's purely entrepreneurs that didn't sit with me. Um, and it was only when I started my business and I launched it last year, December 8th, that I just truly for the first time fa- felt like I was doing the right thing for me and i was waking up every day and i was just like and to this day i woke up and i was like i'm so excited to do what i gotta do today
2: quality so how long did did that take to set up the business
1: so i was doing it from around january 2019 and then i launched december 8th because it takes ages and these i didn't even know this like no one told me at uni but it takes ages to launch a product because you've got to get your all of your testing done, find a factory, find a wet, all of these things. And this is the first time I'd ever been exposed to that. Um, And my dad very much said to me, I want you to do this on your own so you can say that you've done it on your own. Um, So I really, really was just kind of like a deer in the headlights trying to work everything out, but obviously managed to get it all together in the end. Lots of mistakes, though. (laughs) (laughs)
2: how, How do you fund something like this? Fund? Yeah. Self. Oh, okay.
1: Um, I had a job since I was 14 and then all throughout uni I was working um, and it was just me and to this day it still is just me.
0: What's well, what you- really impressive. That is pretty impressive. I've heard that a lot of people say that you need to know your strengths and your weaknesses and if you take responsibility for your strengths and then you can properly allocate your weaknesses elsewhere, that's probably a strength in your team, right?
1: 1,000%. So I have around 10 people who work for Biarm at this moment and the team is growing. And someone said to me, I don't think I'm quoting it word for word, but like do what's best and outsource the rest. And I really live by that because there are certain things I'm so bad at. And at the beginning I was having to do that because it was just a one woman band. But now that we're a little bit more established. There's no point in me doing something that I'm not good at and not having the best result. I would rather outsource that and hire one of my assistants or something like that or get them to do it because they're better than me at it. You don't have to be best at everything when you own a company.
2: I think you're absolutely right. And that's, that's a, a business philosophy that served many businessmen really well. Um, have you heard of Henry Ford? Of course. Mr. Henry Ford. Did you hear about yeah. the time that he ended up in court? No. The so Henry Ford ends up in court. He's in court? He's in court. <laughs> Someone says that he's stupid or something. Oh, dear. Someone says he's stupid and he takes it personally and he goes to court. And they put him on a dock and they ask him questions um, about world wars and how many. I think they asked him, one of the questions was, how many how many soldiers were sent to a particular war? And he mm. answered a lot more than came back home B- because he didn't know the answer, right? I mean, and He was right. He was right. He was right. But And as, the, as they are, because we're, we're talking about sort of, you know, the early part of the, of the, of the 20th century where knowledge was seen as you know, as an indicator of intelligence. And he's mm. asked all these questions and he couldn't answer any of them. And um, the people in the, in the jury and, and the people uh, in the courtroom laughed at him. And after about an hour of this, he'd had enough. And he went, I can't answer your questions, but I could press a button and get somebody to answer it because I've got all the people, Mm. right? And they could ask a whole lot of questions that you haven't even thought of. Why on earth would I take up the space in my brain for this information? I'm a businessman. Yeah. And the whole courtroom fell fell quiet at that point. And what you say sort of reminds me of uh, the great entrepreneur, Mr. Ford,
1: I love that story.
2: I think um,
1: something kind of a bit contrasting to that. I think it's important to know how to do everything. So for instance, I started the business and we were packaging and putting everything together and posting from a hotel room with my friends. And now when I go into my warehouse, I can see the workers, you know, putting on the stickers and tying the ribbons. And I know exactly how to do that. So if if something went down, I would know how to do it. Am I the best person in the world tying ribbons? No, they are, but I think it's important because as as a founder, there is a different level to things other than just being the CEO and knowing and understanding the responsibilities of your of your colleagues or of your employees is super important
0: yeah, I think that's important it's, it's one thing to know it's another thing to to, to 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 put all of the responsibility for all of it on your own shoulders
1: mm. Because it, it you're not you've not got enough time to do anything else that's potentially more important.
0: Harry, what's more important to you?
1: Out of what?
0: Well, you what? said you said you, you should be able to task outwardsly to others so that you can do what's more important. Beyond the oil, beyond the business, what's more important to you?
1: Ultimately I think everything I do is driven by wanting to to just like look after my family as the eldest daughter, I think I've very much taken on that responsibility of being kind of like the core of everything. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: That's
1: a worse joke. Sorry.
2: No.
1: Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really want to be that that provided the supporter, the the core of of everything, and just push my family further.
0: That's interesting. What? Why do you think that the motivation is there? to support to be why do you think the motivation is there within you to be the support of others in your family where do you think that's coming from
1: i have no idea maybe it's just the fact that i'm the eldest and <laughs> kind of got that eldest sibling mentality
2: in terms in terms of you are saying things that are more important right um mm. we're property developers by trade and the most important thing that we the most important thing is to buy to buy the right property because if you do that, everything else fits into place. What's the most important thing in your business? What what are you focusing on?
1: For me, is the brand. So making sure every single thing we do, every single touch point that the customer has with us, be it emails, be it the actual packaging, be it the social media, is all on brand. Because essentially, that is the only thing that I am the only expert on in the entire company Um no one else knows and understands the brand as much as I do because I built that from the ground up. And to some degree it is me as well.
2: Well, it's it's your personality, right?
1: It is. Yeah. Like I truly always say this and I'm sure you've had me say this before, but I do not have blood in my veins. I have biarium oil in my veins. (laughs) (laughs) I very much stay in my own lane. Like I'm not that person that kind of scrolls through my timeline or, or looks at other people, it really is just this little bubble that I exist in with me and my followers. So the way I kind of portray myself online is the way that I want my followers to see me as.
2: So it's like it's sort of like an insight for them to see who you are as a person.
1: Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. And, like, I, I'm not trying to serve anyone else besides them because they, you know, they, they've done so much more for me than I could have ever done for them.
0: Who's they? my followers interesting okay so people say this erin they go they say things like thank you to the fans i love you all and i've always thought that was a bit of a strange concept
1: statement yeah sometimes it sounds like that doesn't it well
0: i I just i can't see how it can't be i mean there are those i mean i'm going to put it at you i'll put it i'll put it slightly differently how how can it be anything meaningful if there's there's no (laughs) no locus if there's no connection with those people individually do you not find that i mean when people say that on on tv or they say that on the radio i'm always a bit dubious as to the as a, as to the sincerity without well i suppose it is very negative really but i can't get away from the truth of it do you not find that it's a little bit cringeworthy when people say that
1: personally like i can't speak for them but i have a truly one-to-one relationship with my followers i make time every single day to comment back dm them back because at the end of the day, I feel like it really is, whilst I'm still able to do that with, like, my schedule and whatnot, if they've taken the time to message me and say, like, oh, Ariam, you look pretty here, like, the very least I can do as a human being who has been brought up in a household with manners is say thank you. Yeah. And I, I am able to say that I'm truly grateful for every single one of my followers because... I really feel like I know them, and I feel like they know me as well. I think
2: that's re- really nice, aaron I, I I don't know much about this social media, but I assumed there'd be a team of people replying for you. but Yes, you no, actually reply to everybody individually.
1: Like, no one is even remotely allowed to have my password, not even my dad. Like, no <laughs> one has my password on my Instagram. That is... <laughs> so protected
2: (laughs) well well, well, i think that you i mean i don't know if people will be heartened to to hear that you apply to to everybody individually
1: i would feel like a fraud imagine i was like training someone to learn my tone of voice and they were just like copying and typing things that would be crazy no So,
2: so what happens when you get bigger and bigger can you still do this can you still send messages back to people individually
1: i don't think i could and that is something that when the time comes it will come but I've managed to do this from zero followers up until 190k which I think is quite quite a steep increase over the span of a couple of years touch wood so I think if I've been able to maintain it up until now I should be able to do so moving forward at least for the time being but I think my followers not only are fantastic people but they're incredibly incredibly intelligent so I know that the way they kind of ask me questions, is like, hey, sis, I'm so sorry um, if you don't have time. No worries. But can you let me know where this top is from? I feel that they do understand if there ever was to come a moment where I couldn't reply. Um, On that point, I don't can't.
0: know. Is, but do you I mean, I imagine that you must um, you must get people that reach out to you for advice in rather difficult situations. I can imagine people reaching out to you. Um, for advice on all sorts of things. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you think, whoa, this is something I can't really help with over the internet or this is something that I'm not really qualified or I'm not sure how to advise this person about?
1: Uh, totally. Like, I, am not, I am not the expert on anything and I think that it's really important for influencers to understand uh, the concept of safeguarding. My friend um, is a head teacher at a school and I spoke to her recently about a case um, with, where someone DM'd me and well, actually, but this wasn't even recently. This was like a few years ago. And she advised me that you you can't necessarily tell someone what to do because that puts you in a vulnerable position yourself. Um, So the best thing is to just say to them that you support them. Um, And that's what I try and say, because I would never want, you know, to give someone advice without knowing the whole picture and the whole story of things. And then for that to be the wrong advice, and then them to go and then act on it. And something bad would have come of it. Like I couldn't go to sleep at night knowing that. So I think the best thing is to just say that, you know, you're not alone and I support you, but I can't advise you to safeguarding reasons. Do You
0: know what? I think that's really, really admirable because um, I think a lot of people think that with social media influence is a license to say whatever you think. And that can be really, really, really scary. You've got got people that have got influence that that aren't necessarily mental health experts or the police, for example, and they're out there yeah. and they think that they're able to to give answers. And I think there's an honesty and integrity in saying, yo, whoa, you know, I, I, like, I don't I necessarily know what's for best for you right now. And I think there's it's a lot of integrity in that. Do you know what I mean? I, I hope
1: so, I hope so.
0: We need, I think, I think if more people took that stance, I think the world would be a better place um, because mm-hmm. it's quite scary now. Everybody thinks they're entitled to to give advice. And that sort of takes away from those that have spent years qualifying themselves to give that advice doctors psychotherapists neurolinguistic programmers people with mental health
2: backgrounds do you know what i mean
1: 100%
2: leapsing from sang street style on, on recent are you familiar with him
1: um uh yeah
2: and and he he talked about sort of getting a lot of online abuse and almost and how it affected him in terms of mental health and how ultimately he used that to sort of grow himself um have you had any of that sort of thing
1: with regards to online hate, why could just say I'm touch wood? I think I'm I'm pretty lucky in the sense that I I don't feel like I get it that much. Um, so I can't necessarily speak to it. But when I do get it, it is very much a matter of just kind of blocking or ignoring. I don't have the energy to put into that person that doesn't have enough energy to put into their own happiness. So why should I you know, expand my own
0: condom. That's pretty, you should write that down somewhere, put that on a wall. That's pretty profound. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Say it again. My brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's right. I think we, I think a lot of people um, have people with, um, you know, that is so, that is so true, man. I think a lot of people um, have people that bring negativity into your life, but it's up to you whether you feed that energy or not, right? And, or whether you just want to block it out and crack on and be happy, right?
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: Um, I think I, I, I could have learned a lesson. No, I think uh, I think many of us have learned a lesson a bit late, maybe. So, uh, I you know what?
1: Let me give you some actionable advice as well. If you can go into your comment restrictions and type out a bunch of words that you don't ever want someone to comment about you because um, it will never be like if someone types in ugly, it won't come up or skinny or fat. Like you've got to protect yourself like that because ultimately having the strength to see it and ignore it is something that I had to learn over time. But what I've done to protect myself is not seeing it, not exposing myself to it.
0: Erin, my brother here tells me that I've got a radio face. He has he got, a, he's got a great
2: radio face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so if I block face. the word ugly, that might reduce my already, non, my already near on non-existent social media following to perhaps even less.
1: Oh, dear. Well, listen, all, what do they say? All publicity is good publicity, so maybe keep the comments on.
2: <laughs> and that whole thing about, look, adverse, in adversity, a seed is sown. And in your ugliness, that's sown a seed for your... Why sister. have you that's, got... That's, that's positive. Erym, do you see this? <laughs> this is what this is the kind of shit I've got to deal with on a
0: day-to-day basis. Did you just straight out call me ugly?
2: I think you missed the point. The seed. Aaron, the I've growth. Got,
0: I've got a really bad nose, Erin. Yeah. I've got, I've got like, basically, it's been broken a few times um, through um, various um, misadventures, I shall say, over the years, and, and it's not the straightest, and, and this is the subject of much abuse. Have you got anything that can straighten my, any, any beauty products that can sort me out? There's no oil that can save me, is it?
1: Embrace it.
2: Oh, yes. Embrace it, that's what I'm going to do. Because somehow, <laughs> the only thing between this guy and good looks in his head is his nose. Why have you got to do that?
0: <laughs> Seriously, man. <laughs> what well, you're you know you're neg- i'm not going to feed your negativity right Erin? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that advice me, i'm, I'm going to block you and finger- <laughs> what was it i'm not going what was it i'm the, i'm not going to feed the energy of someone that hasn't got the energy to make themselves happy <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about sport erin what's your favorite what's your sport of choice none of them none of them <laughs>
1: i'm more of a gym person i don't watch sports or play sports but i used to um I used to do it at school but not I just used to athletics.
0: You used to. You used like to athletics? Are you, talking about, are you talking about sprinting?
1: Yeah, I, was a, I used to do the 100 meter at school.
0: Tell me what your time was at 100 meters. Actually, I'm going to guess. Um, As I was
1: who was definitely like five foot
0: four. <laughs> you, five foot four, right? So no, I'm
1: five and and a half, but I'm assuming when I was younger, I
0: was shorter. All right. So, well, I reckon we're looking at 12 and a half seconds. 12, no, 12 seconds.
1: I don't think it was that. I think it was 18. 18 seconds. I think so. I can't remember. I was the fastest in my class, though. <laughs> that
2: must have been a pretty slow class. Come on if. <laughs> so, do you know what would be really interested to hear? Is that um, you've obviously grown your, your business at a really fast rate. What, what's next? What do you do going forward?
1: I, I really, really, really want the business to be in, and I say this in every podcast, so I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Um I want it to be in Harvey Nichols, Selfridges, Harrods. I really, really, really want to see my products on those shelves.
2: Have you knocked on their doors?
1: We're knocking. We're in combos.
2: Apparently, Liberties are quite accommodating, I hear.
0: Are they? Yeah, I had someone in there.
2: I've got a friend in there. Apparently they're quite accommodating. Yeah. Do you know that yeah. do you know
0: that lady? I've forgotten her name now. She she made um, really wonderful inspiration. I listened to the whole of, a, of, of, of an episode of an interview with her with Tony Robbins. Do you know the lady who made Spanx? The, yes.
1: The, uh, oh, my God. My dad literally DM'd me one of her posts yesterday about her business journey.
0: She's so cool. For, what's her name again? I've, I've got her name, but she's absolutely amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's a really inspirational story. Sarah Blakely. Okay. So Sarah Blakely, she speaks about, you're going to love this end up, right? So in the States, they've got something similar to like uh, West, Westfield, basically, like the, the major shopping yeah. malls, right? It's called uh, no, no, Nordstrom, Nordstrom I think it is, right? Which is basically like uh, Selfridges, but they have them in every street corner, of, they have them at every major city. So check this out, here, right? Sarah Blakely gets her products um, in, in, in this one of these massive shopping malls. So what she does is she sends her mates to the shopping mall and they go into all the concessions and buy all of these leggings that she's put up there. Uh, yeah. So that they all get sold out, and then obviously the CEO is <laughs> yeah. looking at the figures, going, "This is a good product. We should get more of it in." And that's how she basically she took off that. Well, she one, her own stuff. Yeah. Well, she got the, she got like she went in there, she like bought all the stuff out. I'm not sure if it was her mates, or whatever, but it was like. But she obviously the product was was going to work because it's all over the world now. She's like a billionaire. She's really really. Um, ethical really good business on but but she had that drive she was up at like 6 a.m going meeting the guys that were deciding what went where in the shopping malls like yeah. whether it would go on the outskirts whether it would go in the middle aisles and, mm. and so she would like give them gifts and stuff like that and she, she knew what she wanted to do to, to get the product to that to, to get it to get it to, the, to the the top sales and now yeah. she's like one of the most i think she's the, i think she's the first
2: self-made uh, female billionaire or something like that amazing love that story I, I, you know what As an entrepreneur, I'm quite interested in sort of entrepreneurial stories. And um, I was reading somewhere that the idea of Amazon and the idea of um, Uber really aren't that groundbreaking as ideas. People in pubs long before Uber thought about, you know, you could just thought about the concept of being able to just get a cab, turn up to your door on, on an app. It's actually, and even Amazon isn't really that clever an idea. What what makes entrepreneurs?
1: Having the guts to do it.
2: Yeah, well, the, the ability to implement those ideas and having that desire. Um, what do you think about that idea, that notion?
1: I completely agree with it. Like, I didn't, I've not reinvented the wheel. Harold has existed for, for thousands of years. Yeah, it's about new. it. it
2: and it's about sort of um, having a plan and, and persisting with that plan. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, honestly, honestly, I think a lot of what one of the things that, like, I would like to say that people would say is that I'm brave, and sometimes brave means stupid, but sometimes brave means successful. So no risk, no reward. You've just got to be the one to do it. There's so many people. I can't remember. I was actually listening to another podcast the other day, and they were talking about starting a YouTube, and they were saying that like, if you don't start now, you're just delaying when you're gonna start because you want to, and someone else is gonna start in the meantime.
2: Yeah, I think I think the having the idea, implementing it. And a word that comes up a lot is is persistence. So Mm -hmm. um, when Edison was inventing the the light bulb, I I think he failed 10,000 times until he got got it right. And he just persisted. What are your thoughts on the concept of persistence in in business?
1: It took me six months to um, make my sticker. And I know that the sticker looks so simple to you guys, but like, To a sticker manufacturer, they'd look at that and be like, oh my God, the UV spot is right next to the gold falling. That's crazy. And I just kept on, kept on, kept on trying. And I cried so much over the sticker because I didn't want to change it. But eventually I got that. And honestly, it was the biggest relief. So I'm so lucky looking back at myself that I had that characteristic to keep on trying. So persistence most definitely is key. But then I think it's also knowing when to pick your battles. What do you mean by that? I believe, I don't know if you guys feel this as well, but that's a skill that you really do learn with age. Um, and that's something that needs to be honed. So I think not only in my personal life, but then also just in business, I was like, you know what, Aaron, don't even try this because you've tried a little bit and it's not working. Stop. Go for this one instead, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that. I think I think you, you said it in, bus- in a business context, but I think certainly for me on a personal level, I think that resonates, man. Too many fights have been had and it wasn't about whether you won or lost. You were wrong for getting involved with that fight in the first place. Do you know what
1: I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was for your ego. To, yeah, to win.
0: I, I think I think that resonates, man. A lot of the time, it's not about it's not about victory. It's about what you're doing in the first. What are doing here? Which mm. there's something else that you could be doing. It's mm. interesting you talk about persistence. Um, um, Guru Nanak speaks about persistence or, a, or action, as they put it, and they they break the philosophy down to sunanan mananan and which is sanskrit for listen is the first believe is the second but then third and foremost that crystallization comes through action through acting so listen believe but you must you must act in it it's what you were saying in it a lot of guys will sit in there going this is a great idea it's a great idea but it's the person that believes in it but that goes even further still and actually does it that's going to mm-hmm. become that's going to do the deed
1: and I think that comes into the people that you surround yourself with, because I didn't have that belief um, at the beginning, but I was so encouraged by the people around me that I just did it.
2: It's really interesting that you say that because all of these things are sort of notable characteristics of somebody that um, starts a business well, and runs a successful business. Having people around you is in keeping with sort of the, the mastermind philosophy Um which is quoted by the likes of Napoleon Hill. I don't know if you've heard of that. I, I haven't. Yeah, it's it, well, in, in short, it's the concept of having people around you and and having a team and having entrepreneurs that know what they're doing to guide mm. you along that journey.
1: I think um, equally as well, knowing that you're going to lose people on this journey who weren't meant to be there.
2: Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Has that happened?
1: <laughs> I think it does naturally. And it's ne- it never has to be kind of like um, an explosive thing or anything like that. But just as life is, it ebbs and flows. And sometimes people are with you for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And you're learning to accept that some people are with you for a season or this friend is with you for that period in your life, might come back again in the future. Um, it is a natural process.
2: One of the, the greatest industrialists of, um, from America was a guy called Carnegie. And mm-hmm. he talks about how he all, and, and he, he amassed a, a huge fortune. And he talks about um, how he always had a great team around him. And he also says that the the team that he finished with had no members that he started with. That's mm-hmm. insane. They all changed. That's, that's insane, isn't it? He always had a great team. though.
0: That's crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I really hope that's not going to be the case for me. I like my people... <laughs>
0: I think I think well I I suppose it depends on on who you are as an individual because if you're if you're attached to a task then it won't matter the team but if you're if you're attached to people then it will and I suppose it depends really on the personal nature or the or the business nature that you're in right
1: and I think for me whenever I'm hiring someone new I was speaking to someone do I go for more the technical knowledge that they have or do I go for the personality fit and the loyalty and the commitment that they have to the brand and for me it's the latter because I know that my business is evolving where you know my assistant is sat right here with me she joined me doing something so small and so basic but then it has evolved into a completely new role had I had I hired her purely on her technical knowledge for the role that she was assigned to at the beginning she would never have been able to develop into something where I could trust her because I can see that she's committed to the brand um, but then there are some people who, who really, really strongly go for that person with the techni- logical, technical skills and the experience and stuff like that.
0: That's interesting. I think that's something we spoke about before. It's, it's not the qualifications that they have, but the, but the character that they have that, that people yeah. are going to. That's, that's the greatest thing. You, you can hire a software developer, but if he's not, if his heart's not in it, it doesn't matter. You can hire someone that knows nothing about software, but if his heart's in it, he'll be the best for
2: you. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really big deal actually, Erin. Um we've I've got um we sort of did the, we've done the same thing, has sort of people around us, like entrepreneurs to guide us. And someone who I see as a as an as a as a mentor, actually, a local guy called Ian, and um he's been in property all his life. What he doesn't know about East London property just isn't worth knowing. And he gave me one piece of advice for when I hire somebody, and he said, make sure he's hungry. Hmm that's all that matters because you, you can do everything else you can't make somebody hungry mm. what, what are your thoughts on that a
1: hundred percent agree that's all i can say I completely agree with that
2: you know he, he said it doesn't matter if he doesn't have the qualifications if he doesn't have the experience just make sure he's hungry Erin, mm-hmm. i spoke
0: to one of my mates as we were preparing for the podcast because um, um people are excited about the podcast The podcast is growing and people are really enjoying it he asked me about who are we going to have on i said there's this lady called Erin. I'm going to get on. And he's a, he's, he's a bit younger than me. And he said, oh, I know her. He's, she's a social media um, influencer. She's got her hair products. And he said something to me. Um, uh, I gotta look, tell me something. Because I, I must confess, before we, we were introduced through the, the press agency, I, I, I must confess, I'm not really a hair oil person. So it was new to me to sort of find out about yourself. You but didn't know where it was. I didn't know about hair oil, so naturally uh, I wouldn't know about. Have you been under a rock? Well, I'm... yes. <laughs> well, you're you're a hair oil person, so. No one knows who I am. <laughs> <No>. But um, <laughs> but he said something to me, and this is this is this is I I I couldn't say this is a standard
2: by which others measure, but this is just she what he said.
1: Great right now, because I don't know what you're going to say. Sorry. I'm bracing myself right now because I don't know what you're
2: going to say. I'm bracing myself because I don't know what he's going to say. And quite frankly, I don't think he knows what he's going to say. (laughs) So everyone's bracing themselves. (laughs) You're not not alone. No, no. no, no. Look,
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) why do you always go give me a hard time? Because
2: he's so much fun.
0: He said, uh, (laughs) he said, he said, Um, something she does every day. I like, And what is it? What, what could it possibly be? You don't know her. It's on social media. What can you, what can she do every day that you really like? And do you know what he said? He said, every day, you put, yeah, up, a, you put up a picture and it says, why a good one there? And what? you put out a positive message. Is that, is that true, firstly? Yeah,
1: every single morning. Just because, honestly, like, I wanted, because my screen time on my phone is like eight hours a day. I'm not even joking. So the first thing I do when I wake up is, is check my phone. And then your mind isn't kind of like thinking about gratefulness and like, thank God I woke up this morning. So, I wanted to start training myself to think of Guru as soon as I wake up because you know a lot not I don't think a lot of people would assume that I'm religious to some extent um and I kind of want to encourage people that even if you look like me, um you can still be in touch with with Sikki and I wanted that just like one second reminder every day, like just think of Guru, and if if you're not Sikh, think of Allah, think of Jesus whatever it is that brings you that peace and that connection with God or spirituality or just meditation for one second, I want there to be a reminder of that because it's trained me to wake up every morning. And even before I take the photo um, of my window, I, to myself, say that.
0: Well, I thought that was really interesting because, as I said, I must confess, I'm not, my my wife, hair oil person, yes, me, not so much. But um, when I said I was interviewing Erin, he goes, oh, she's amazing. Do you know what she does? And this is what he had to say. And, and I think that's really, I, I genuinely think this is amazing because I think that's a reflection of how you want to influence in a positive way. And perhaps more importantly, um, how you have, because that's how, it's, that's how you've been perceived, right? So I'm sure
1: if you ask another person, they'll be like, oh, she's that Instagram model flicking her hair. So you
2: just ask a good person.
0: <laughs> oh, I, think you're being, I think you're being humble there. I think you're being humble.
2: So there are people that will say it's that Instagram model flicking her hair. I think Probably. Flicking, I like think,
1: 99% think, of people, you just asked one of the 1%. <laughs> I think
2: flicking, do, you, do you do a lot of hair flicking? I do a lot
1: what of hair flicking. What the hell is
2: hair flicking? When you flick your hair. Why would you flick
1: yeah, your hair? In
2: slow mo. What? Sorry, you have to explain this to I me. What though. she's saying, she flicks her hair, then she slows the picture down. So it looks like it's a slow, slow flicking. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't your hair be a mess then while you're doing no, that? No, it's not that kind of a flick.
1: What? No, because when you use hair oil, your hair's really silky, so it doesn't get tangled actually. Sorry,
2: <laughs> this is
0: a thing. You're, I'm, I'm feeling really out of the picture. Flicking hair is a thing. Yeah. So if I get my hair, I
2: can flick it. And take a photo. I... Your hair is so bad. It's Shut... like wire. Your hair. Is Shut not... up! Don't flick your hair. What's wrong with my my beard? No, your hair is so it's like it's like wiry, isn't it? <laughs> beard flicking. <laughs> if you... I tell you what, I tell you what. If you do, you... I, I see on TV they do these before and after things. Yeah. If you, this guy's hair is so bad. It's so wiry. Shut up, man. If you can do a before and after on his hair you will you will clean up because his hair is unfixable i've got a wicked beard your head bro. you got that wiry hair i've thing.
0: got amazing i look like Mufasa in lion king bro have you ever seen my hair out it's banging it's got like <laughs> i've got like natural curtains remember curtains from
2: the 90s so you, I've never, we've never spoken about this but you actually think your hair looks good i've got really nice hair erim oh, you, you are. You we've,
0: are got so... the per- we've got the perfect person erim
2: <laughs> i've got amazing
0: hair I could be a hair model. You so, really couldn't. I could. You could be the before and the before and after. No. If I if stuff what? No, no, but she'd have to take photos of me now as the after, because it's
2: already perfect. What can I <laughs> live
1: on? Jeez. I'll be a liar then, because you've not used my oil. <laughs> no, the
2: point... The, the point I, that... I, I, trust me, he needs your oil. Don't you worry.
0: All right, you know what? I'm going to check this oil out. I'm going to buy this oil. Where can I get this oil from, Erin? 9th of August, I think
1: we will be restocking, but follow the buyer and page for updates. And plus, guys, I just posted a single on there last night who's been using it, so you can have a look.
2: So, is is your oil not available at the moment? Have you sold out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is that a a common thing for you, to have to to restock? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 because just the demand is growing, and as a small business, we need to try and keep up with
2: supply. So, you can't Um, keep up with the demand. That's phenomenal. Thank you. Well done. When you set up... You're, you're packaging this at
0: a warehouse, right? So we're, 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 it's going to grow and grow and grow, no doubt.
2: I
1: hope so, guys.
0: Fantastic,
2: man. I'm wishing you all the best in that endeavor. Yeah, it's nice to see nice people do well. I, I, I saw in one of your videos that the first time that you did it, you sold out in four hours?
1: Yeah, and then um, it was like one hour, then it was 20 minutes. But obviously, the quantities are changing every single time. And it it really is shocking. But now I'm just like, I'm so hungry for it. Like, I just want to. I just want more people, not even to like buy the oil, but I want more people to join. And I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. I'm not trying to say this. Like I want more people to join my Bayer and family because I'm like obsessed with these people's journey. I'm like, oh my God, I remember that one girl whose car got defined. I want to know what's going on with her. Like, where is she at in her journey? I just want more people to be to be in it and just be obsessed with her and this kind of self-care journey because the reason why I put lavender in it is because sometimes I get anxious and it just really helps me like sleep um and i wanted it to be that kind of overall like good for you experience like mind body and soul and hair <laughs> I,
2: I think i need this hair wheel myself man i think i'm gonna get did somebody. i sell it to you <laughs> well we, we, we can't buy it. it's not
0: available apparently <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna add you to my my bathroom shelf i've got a bar of soap some vosine. when that's not there it's head and shoulders and i'm gonna have to by erin erin it's been a real pleasure speaking with you um um i have learned something today um i'm going to repeat what i've learned cuz i think that repetition makes makes permanent you said something to me that i think resonates with me which is um that if someone's giving you hate um i haven't got the energy to feed that person who hasn't got the energy to make themselves happy and um i think that's really powerful and i think that's really i think that's really beautiful as well um so thank you for sharing that with me thank you for t- for coming on on the podcast and should you find yourself uh, venturing down to east london uh feel free to come down and and be our guest at our coffee shop it'd be wonderful to see you
1: <laughs> thank you guys and thank you as well for having me i honestly i i truly feel honored um and i learned a lot i learned a lot about someone called napoleon hill um and just in general thank you and also i'm really sorry if i said anything wrong or incorrect Nathan,
2: um, you've been a, you've to... actually been you you've been a lot of fun Arim. you really <laughs> Thanks. I'm looking forward to
0: having a time. Hopefully we'll see you if, if you're venturing down to the East Ends. Otherwise, sending love to you um, and wishing you all the success with your future. And hopefully, God willing, we'll get you on in a year's time and, and you can tell us about um, your stocks that are going to be, your share prices that are going to float on the on, the, on the public <laughs> companies. And, that, and that'll be a wonderful success to share with the world.
1: Listen, I'm sure I'll be battling with a lot of people because your podcast is going to be massive. But thank you, guys. Take care. of
0: Thank you very much. God bless you. Take I care. I you farewell. Bye-bye.